0: Marcus, do you like movies? Yes, I do. You're listening to Zebras in America, and today, zebras aren't the only thing that's in America. I'm Martin Kessler. Oh, Oh, that's good. Oh, man. Martin Kessler,
1: the the amazing Martin Kessler, the Canadian Marcus... The Czech-Canadian. The Czech-Canadian Marcus, the Toronto torrential hero. Yes.
0: Invaded this podcast, which I'm really excited about because it's one of my favorites, so... Awesome. Well great. that's that's great because you, you have a, I like your mind. I like my
2: mind too. I like that's your good. mind. Thank well, that's
1: you. It's good. It's good. It's good that <laughs> good. you like your mind. You brought yes, snacks? He, you brought snacks. So funny story, listeners. Um, Martin is a very polite and literal person, it seems, because he sent us he sent us a message about getting together today and I sent uh, a text message referring to a Tim and Eric Bedtime uh, stories bedtime story uh, skit. About grabbing all these ridiculous food items.
2: Yes, it's it's one of the best episodes from Tim Eric Bedtime Stories*. The episode of "Holes," when uh, Tim Heidecker gives Eric Wareheim a whole list of uh, items two, th- to possibly two, three, bring: two, three pounds of black forest ham, German chocolate j- cake, crudité, crudité, some uh, homemade ziti. You <laughs> know, he has the homemade ziti. Oh yeah, that's right. You have the homemade ziti, right? right but right, right. but
1: Martin uh, was like, "Well, I got some candy and cookies." Yes. And you got you got my favorite cookies double stuff though if it were up to me I would just make I would make quadruple stuff yeah so they don't have quadruple stuff I think sometimes they make triple like stuff extra thick but like yeah I mean that's that's how I like my women and my bass well
2: that's very understandable extra
1: thick with uh, two C's T-H-I-C-C yeah
2: you already know where I'm, <laughs> where I'm at, where I'm at that. <laughs> Mar- Marcus
1: Marcus likes the pink ladies yeah
2: you could take out the cookie part of those Oreos and I'm all set (laughs) Um, yeah I said it I mean it's a fact it's it's literally a fact (laughs) the white stuff yeah yeah white material great movie (laughs) great movie great movie (laughs) there's lots of interracial relationships in that movie movie. actually not lots there's two but whatever oh I
1: just came up with a a rap line what's that Claire Denis has always been fair to me
2: hell yeah she has that's putting it lightly
1: yeah I, awesome. I only discovered her this year, because like a lot of American cineists, I've, I've just learned the word cineast from a description of me in The Pink Smoke, so um, don't always know about foreign films, so I, I only really knew mostly Asian filmmakers, I didn't know a lot of uh, foreign filmmakers that weren't like from the, the, the Asian continent, I'm worried that, that, are, that the microphone needs to be a little louder. Yeah, the waves. We'll go surfing. Surfing on the mainframe. So you're here for the New York Film Festival. Uh, Mostly,
0: yeah. Amongst other things. Tell us. Talk. (coughs) Uh, Well, I just saw the first New York Film Festival movie... Uh, last night with Marcus, um, first one that I was scheduled to see called uh, Zama. Yeah. Which is Lucrecia the new. Martel's new film. Right. And I've only seen her film, The Swamp, before. La Cienaga. La Cienaga. Which we had a funny little back
2: and forth. I'd never heard it called the English language. I, yeah, I was well, like, I Is know. there a movie I don't know? <laughs> what, the, what?
0: And then, oh, La Cienaga. Yeah. And that, that's sort of weird. Like the films where it's normal to translate the title, and then other films it's yeah. not. Like a lot of French that's films. That's true. It's pretty normal yeah, you to use the French, use the French exactly. title. But yeah. I, I don't know if there's like a standard convention for that.
2: When I did a guest round uh, for something, I guess we don't really talk, but uh, I had to um, basically. I was telling up. I'm definitely some, not yeah.
1: plugging that shit on the podcast. Yeah, no, no, no.
2: I was I was just tallying up some scores, and I had a French movie, and someone wrote the English movie, and I was about to say that it was wrong, and I was like, oh no, wait a minute, yeah, so yeah, yeah, that yeah, happens. I mean,
1: La Cienaga is really good. You mm-hmm. have you must see the A Woman Without a Head. Headless,
2: headless one. Yeah. Whatever.
0: Yeah, Either way, Because, like, I really liked um, the Sinaga, but uh, Zama, like, it's a little bit more to my taste. Like, it's a little bit more surreal. It's a historical film. It's um, sort of a miserable film, but in a really yeah. interesting way. Okay. It's okay. Disoriented, it's miserable, but it's also beautiful to look at, mm-hmm.
2: so it just throws you off. And it's like, oh, wait, what? Geez. Like, s- s- subconsciously... I look at it, I'm supposed to feel, like, happy and energetic, but the goings-on in the movie is like, oh, Jesus Christ,
0: what... Goddamn. So it's it's a weird uh, mix. How gradually it gets worse and worse. Oh, yeah. It starts off like... It's like, oh, he got kind of snubbed there. Oh, they're sort of jerking him around here. And by the end, it's so kind of awful, the situation that he's in. You see him aging. And uh, I I did a
2: quick little... uh, I was, I'm, I'm amazed at how much I was able to write about in such a short period of time, but I, I liken the aging of Diego de Zama to the aging of Floria uh, from the start of Cumincy to the end in Cumbency. He's a 14 year old boy, <laughs> and by the end of the movie, he looks like a 14 year old, 50 year old. Right. Honestly. Don't spoil you know? too
0: much because I've not seen it. Oh, actually. no, no, no. Sure. Oh, yeah, but no, just no, no. the actor, like he goes through some kind of a physical transformation I don't know if he went away and lost a bunch of weight when he grew the beard but like Mm -hmm. you can just see him I think over the course of the film I was like following his hairline it seemed like he was getting more bald and just thinner and then he shows up and he's got this grey beard at one point and he's just looking rougher and rougher and like his performance how he goes from being so kind of upright and dignified to this sort of hunched over Mm -hmm. guy on the verge of breaking like it's really effective I thought definitely yeah Bro
1: Flakes on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, my new documentary, you have you ever seen the documentary Tickled?
0: Yes, yes I've seen Tickled. That's a weird fucking documentary. It's a weird that documentary. I saw and that the this weekend. true story is even weirder, I think, because like, yeah. it kind of kept going after the film had come out. Like the guy who was sort of about would, like show up at screenings and threaten to sue and like it just got even weirder. And then he mysteriously oh. died. And then he mysteriously died, right? Philip D'Amato. Whoa, tickle, tickling weird. Terry. Wow. It's one of those things where the
1: documentary, the story, I think, is better than the movie. So this this New Zealander guy mm-hmm. finds out about these videos where people, where men tickle each other, mm-hmm. but it's not gay apparently, mm-hmm. or not homoerotic. Well, not, but, to them, but... not to them, not to them. Yeah. So when he asks questions, the the people of the media start sending him harassing Facebook messages saying like you're gay, and which he was, or I believe he's bisexual. Uh-huh and you know that's a transgression and we don't care about that and threatened to threatened to sue him and stuff and and then so he decided to go fuller into it
2: Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and there's just a whole weird world of competitive tickling and the the man who was running it would like um would would reveal people's information he like started he started like sort of the revenge porn sort of like blackmail a little bit wow so people
0: that would but it was important I didn't it's, know it's all not this. it's
1: not sexual it's tickling
0: mm. i mean it's I, I but it was going up on like gay websites yeah. and, and okay. yeah it was like a fetish thing i guess sure. uh, so like it was embarrassing for people who had done it and
1: and he it was always promises in audition that yeah. it wasn't for and when people would say stuff to him he would he would make websites dedicated to that person
2: wow with their information I did not know all this I just knew it was some critically acclaimed documentary that's it and I made it I tried to see it I just never got around to it's seeing it it's on HBO Go yeah which I have which I'm addicted to now
1: speaking of HBO Go it's Sunday it's Vice Principals episode principles. 3 season 2 sorry um, you I'm know sorry. Uh, a film I scored Monosucius, was on HBO Go for many years and I got my first uh, royalty check this week what Whoa. oh it's awesome congratulations, congratulations. All right. it, was, it was I'm not going to say how much on air but it was no. it, it was nice Oh, man, that makes me happy. It made me happy because someone took my identity and bought $500 worth of fitted hats and $1,000 worth of gift cards. So I... And and Citibank was slow in reimbursing me. So Mm -hmm. it was really
2: great. Good. Yeah, that makes me happy.
1: Thank you. Yes. That's a good friendship, being happy for someone else's success. Yeah.
2: Honestly, where I'm at in life... Empathetic joy. Where I'm at in life, there's... uh, I have healthy jealousy towards quite a few of my Mm -hmm. good friends... And not in a sense of, how come they get that and I don't? I want what they have. It's like, no, I want what they have also. Like, I want them to have everything they have, but there's certain people, certain aspects of life. Not in, in general, I don't, I'm not giving too much info, but it's like, oh, I want that, also. Like, like it's that extra word that's very important. You have to say also, or to, or in addition to, you know? And yeah, that's where I'm at.
1: There was there was a guy who I was talking about in the episode that will be released after this episode but was recorded before we recorded this episode. Yes. Possibly our worst episode ever.
2: Um, Not when it's edited and all beautiful it won't be. Okay. It'll be just another great episode which is all we do. Right. The, the
1: guy who I was talking about who, who did like Beast of the Southern Wild and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I grew up with him. Yes. So I'm like I'm like I am so happy for you. Mm-hmm. I would really like this for myself as well. Yeah. I'm like and also he's earned it like he makes great scores and sure like he works really hard yeah um, the the score for the for the Angry Nun movie was excellent mm-hmm. with Aubrey prizes did yes. you see that movie
0: uh, as, what was it called the Summer Hour oh, yeah no. summer, hour, summer Hours Summer Hours Little Hours right. there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah Summer Hours that's the a movie it's uh, based on the Decameron right yeah yeah Yeah.
1: it was good and the music music was great that was the guy I grew up with
0: I, was, I love the soundtrack yeah, like he's... it was very um, like in the style of the, the period so yeah. like there's a part when they're all getting drunk and like you know people when they get drunk and start singing but they're singing like it sounds almost like a gregorian chant but like they all know the the pitch to go at and it's really funny seeing this like drunk singing to older music
1: that's what i'm saying like i'm i'm i am i am both healthily jealous of of being able to do that but also super happy that he's doing it Mm -hmm. i'm more happy than i want it i'm just saying I think it's 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 all right to be like i want i want nice things too
0: yes sometimes i get like not exactly jealous but i'll get like down on myself when i see somebody do something and i feel like like not like oh i could have done that in a dismissive way but like i feel like oh if i really got everything together and focused like i could have done that and it's like a bummer that i didn't when they did you know so So,
1: do you make films i do yeah yeah
0: so what are you working on Uh, Right now I'm I'm working on something sort of smaller and private with uh, my girlfriend and two of our friends. I've been kind of filming every time we go over to our friend's place, Uh, so I've been collecting like hours and hours and hours of footage and I'm trying to turn it into, not like a documentary, but I want to make something that's a little bit like, I don't know, not like a mumblecore movie, but something that feels like a really low-key drama that's just created out of non-fiction material right
1: because I mean the problem I I don't want to diss mumblecore because we've done it so much on this on this (laughs) podcast
0: I mean good mumblecore it's it's good movies you know that's like any genre anything you know puffy Puffy chair quiet city
1: yeah I'm not saying I don't most of cold weather I don't I'm not even saying I don't like mumblecore movies (laughs) I'm just saying that I prefer films with a narrative arc
0: I mean, some do. Some do. Some do. You know. And why I was also
1: confused, like, why is this Mumblecore? Why isn't Medicine for Melancholy? That was a good movie. I know you weren't like super into it.
2: Yeah, it's it's cool. I'm glad it's I'm glad it exists. Mm -hmm. I
1: did like that movie with Audrey, Aubrey Plaza, and one of the Duplass brothers, about time travel.
0: Oh, and is that that really Mumblecore? It's it's like post-Mumble, yeah, indie movie. Uh, What was that? I uh, safety not guaranteed. Yeah. Safety not yeah. guaranteed. I yeah. like that movie. Yeah. I enjoyed that movie. That's the the I director like... who got fired from the new Star Wars, right? Maybe. I think so. Wow.
1: I, I prefer. I like. I like proto and post Mumblecore. Okay. I, I Mumblecore proper, I'm not. I'm not super into. And we've we talked about it on the web on the pod webcast on the pod the webcast the, on the podcast before that. Noah Baumbach is probably one of the few guys that is is both proto
0: and post mumblecore yeah because he was uh, early on like doing days to confuse or not days to confuse kicking and screaming screaming things (laughs) like that that felt very kind of mumblecore or at least like what might have been a touchstone for people who wanted to go and make mumblecore um you know, and then Even, he kind of got back into it after with uh, Greta Gerwig, who was kind of like the queen of mumblecore yeah, for a little she, while. She most
2: certainly, is. she's the Anna yeah. Karina of uh, mumblecore, right? And kicking and screaming is just just off of like the pl- you know like, fo- like graduates who just like don't want to do anything yet. Like yeah, that's, that's a very agree. mumblecore yeah. kind of thing. And then so. and
1: then twenty years later, they become Ben Stiller in Greenberg. Yes, yes, <laughs> fucking <laughs> sure. yes, which is I, yes. which is which is certainly either pro- post. Or as much, it's like tested, like like almost not a Dogme film, Dogme. Dogme. Dogma, Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is like this is almost not a mumblecore mumblecore.
0: Yeah. I'm not comparing it to a Dogme film. I'm saying well, like, like yeah. I remember when Tiny Furniture came out, people were calling that mumblecore, but like to me it felt like so structured and how it was shot. That's sure. mumblecore. Sure. You know, so like that was definitely like for me that was kind of the capstone to mumblecore. Like it's over now, you know, and then around that era, people who had worked in Mumblecore kind of went on to bigger things or more structured Most movies. Definitely. You know, so that was kind of the end of it, I, I think. Tiny
1: Furniture is, is yeah, that's that's yeah. post,
0: but but just, that, that just was like, barely. It's over. When you watch that, that, that was like the end of it. And I think, too, like the, the way the technology developed, like, um, you know, the DSLR cameras right. and stuff like that, like, you didn't really need to make a Mumblecore movie that looked like Mumblecore unless it was a specific choice to at a certain point. Like, you could make a movie that looked a little bit more comparable to, you know, a bigger Hollywood-type film with, yeah. with, you know, fairly cheap equipment. I mean, equipment. You,
1: yeah. you, me, and, and and Marcus, right now, could just... We're in St. Albans, Queens. We could walk around and make a short movie right now that would look pretty good. Sure. yeah. And, because, and uh, you know, you're a your director. We both make music. Like, it, we, we could make something great. Yeah. Just us, mm-hmm. with no money. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you, you have to equate like the
0: hours of training and and equipment sure you know but like well i always think like podcasting feels a little bit like mumblecore without the grainy images you know the the pixelated low-light uh dv camera images you know it's this kind of conversation and i really like a podcast when it kind of it doesn't just give you facts or you know relate anecdotes it actually kind of gives you a sense of mood and story and that like a really great podcast can kind of feel like a work of art on its own and you know some of the ones I've done like I've gone through a lot of work to try and edit it and do like very specific things to kind of create a certain effect so like I I like that kind of you know conversational work of art you know that's going back to like My Dinner with Andre that's of course Mm -hmm. like very highly scripted but like all to kind of give it that uh, conversational feel and the progression of a conversation and stuff like that. I I really enjoy it when it's done well, you know, but I think like Mumblecore, you could kind of see, you could kind of see like it was ready to run its course when people, like the improvisation was like a little bit too sloppy and like it, it sort of felt like people were just sort of resting on the... The, the inherent sloppiness to kind of not make <coughs> something a little bit better crafted yeah. than the quotes. I remember, and this is a movie
2: I actually like, so think about movies I don't like. Um, when I was um, watching uh, Quiet City, which is, uh, I think that that's Aaron Katz, so it co-stars Joe Swanberg, whatever, um, towards the last third of that movie, you could do like a, a drinking game of how many times people say like. Right. to where it's and you know cause everyone it's not even just the word like there's just safety phrases safety term whether it's freestyle rap whether it's like improvisational mm-hmm. comedy yeah, my, my, stand up it's like
1: my boy coming through Jay rest in peace coming through Jay mm-hmm. whenever we would freestyle his he would always come through
2: my boy Rico and he, I, I didn't rap I used to be in a room when people would freestyle I would just DJ in my dorm room and my boy Rico talented rapper but he would also oh man he would also I come through yeah I, I think
1: we should switch yeah, seats yeah
2: what? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk quieter. No, um, but I'm not being the, heard. Oh, you're not. All right. No, cool. not really. But um, yeah, I think sometimes the whole in, in the improvised uh, ooh, shit, the Im- improvised aspect of um of Mumblecore kind of gets uh, it gets sloppy. It gets sloppy.
0: Well, like a lot of filmmakers who kind of get singled out as like, oh, that's the improv guy. Like Mike Lee, what he's really doing. Like, he's going through rehearsal to kind of work out what's the right thing to say. It, it's not like, oh, just show up on the day David Thulis and make something up. Like, he's that's doing, a really structured He's doing dynamic, the John Cassavetes
2: you know? thing, which still in 2017, you have to have this conversation that, no, John Cassavetes would have rehearsals, he'd have his actors improvise stuff, then he would write the improvisations, that would be the script. Then they would rehearse that improvised written script, and he'd revise it more. Like, it was a very tedious right. thing. I mean... There's a lot of talent in the actors he worked with to be like to, for it to appear as such, but it was heavily, heavily dictated and written, and you know it—it it just happened to be the talent of Jenna Rollins, Ben Gazzara, Peter pe- Falk. To, people, you
1: know. people don't watch Cassavetti's movies anymore.
2: Damn, you do. not think so? Jeez. No, I don't think <laughs> that so. Sounded so hard. Yeah, man, you just made me sad for a second. I'm fine now, but love you don't streams. So? You, you yeah, I know. No, no love streams. I'm is, telling is, is, you,
1: bro. Like when I talk to like young kids that are like making movies and stuff. They just they just like they watch Wes Anderson and, and Noah Baumbach movies.
2: I kind of re- I agree
0: with that I mean, too, maybe like some it's a very degree. starting point, but like you know those are both kind of gateway filmmakers. I think, and sure. sooner or later they're going to run into other names. You know, it's, yeah, no, and
1: I always say, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? I don't I don't dismiss them. I don't mm-hmm. go, oh, how, these. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many better directors, though. I do believe there are.
0: I mean, we yeah. all got to start somewhere getting into sure. film. Yeah. Though.
1: Like I yeah I yeah. you know I wasn't I was I felt like in in the squid and the whale like the kid who's who's singing Pink Floyd as his own coming off as his own oh stuff oh my god that's yeah. and calling calling Kafka Kafka it's really Kafka esque yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I just that's that was me all the way that's me when I was sixteen <laughs> like I definitely tried to tell someone I wrote the wall
2: yeah I was all I was a guy I worked backwards like I discovered like David Gordon Green. And then I thought I knew everything. Yes. (laughs) But then it was just like, I wasn't even (laughs) that familiar with Terrence Malick at the time. And it's like, why don't you go back and, and also with George Washington too, people would go, why don't you go back and watch Killer of Sheep as well. Same thing with Harmony Corinne, like, Gummo, Julian, Donkey Boy, it's like, oh, I know all the weird stuff. And then like, this guy who worked at a video store down the street from my house was like, why don't you check out Werner Herzog? Because... Not only is it verified that that's one of Harmony Current's favorite filmmakers, but he's heavily influenced, and they had a he relationship. Was in you know, and exactly. Boy. He absolutely was.
0: But like, that—that's one thing I've definitely found is the more films I watch, the more I learn about film, the more I realize how little I actually know and how yeah. little I've actually seen. Like, it's Which so I much love. bigger. Just oh. like. You know, there's the, the like point in film school when you're like, yeah, I've seen Citizen Kane, I've seen Third Man, I knew movies. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's yeah. it's sort of good to. Yeah, I found out. That, I yeah. found
1: out I didn't know nothing this year. Yeah. you know, and I'm I'm I've all I've always been happy with with taking the stance that I don't know anything because that allows me to learn stuff. Or like when someone who asks me the, my favorite movies and they're like, I don't know
2: any of these movies. Mm. Yeah. I, I liked your reaction to a couple of times this happened on the podcast, but like even something even more recent when I was just I thought I just casually assumed you had seen you know Skin Trade and then I yeah. ran off the list of actors too. You were just like, whoa, what is this? You know, I think I feel like it's happened a few times, like like the Bernard Rose movie, I was sure. talking, you know, sure, you know, of Sonata and Ivan's Ecstasy, all that stuff. So it's uh, and I do the same thing too. There's like hanging out with you know guys like Cribs and Thunderberg. I'm I'm also like. What is that? You know, I don't know so. how they're
1: able to like have children and jobs and stuff. <laughs> sure. <laughs> with as many sure. movies as those guys have seen.
2: Sure. Just good time management, I think cause they always still even now with families and children and jobs and whatnot, they still find time to, to, to watch stuff. I'm saying
1: it's impressive. Yeah. Because yeah. it seems uh-huh.
2: like also they do that well. Yeah. I was it wasn't a diss. No, no, no. I like at all. those guys.
1: Yeah. They have an open invitation. Them yes. them, the rapper drag on. Yes. You, Martin you. Kessler. I appreciate that. Uh you know, just m 2 me obviously.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't even think about it at this point. You can come on whenever.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so you're now working on a piece. What's, what's the longest piece you've
0: made? Uh, longest piece I've made. I don't, it, it's kind of iffy because like I've done shorter stuff that's like properly crafted and that's like a real movie and then I've done longer stuff that's more like me fucking around that I wouldn't count as much, um and i've I've had like half hour 35 minute uh documentaries for art gallery i've made okay. that are like real funded things that exist you know that those might count um you know in fiction films like i had um i had one fiction film that did really well called not worth mentioning that was like around 12 minutes and then i did a follow up is it which, worth mentioning uh, that that was the <laughs> joke i kept running into um I, I like it. I I think it's actually good. Like that's Would one film you send I've it done. To me? Is it easy uh, to watch? Sure. I'll, yeah, yeah. I can send it to you. Uh, you don't have to watch it. Like, I, <laughs> why? Because uh, I, I don't know. Like it always kind of uh,
1: you. You shut up for a second.
0: <laughs> You've become my friend this week, right?
1: And you made something. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the benefit. Okay. Of respect, and and watch it. All right. And and. I only owe our friendship one watch. Okay. <laughs> However, anything else is is gravy.
0: All right. I, I just don't want you to feel like you're obligated at all. I don't and feel I don't...
1: obligated to do anything Great. in the world. That's perfect. Cause... I feel obligated to try to, to not be a terrible person. That's the only obligation
0: I have. That's a, that's a good obligation to uh, keep. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I want to try not to be a shitty person. But, yeah, I want to see not worth mentioning.
0: Okay. I'll show it to you. And... Never
1: feel that a friend wanting to share your art Mm -hmm. is an inconvenience. Okay. The kind of friends that that you think that is, maybe you got to
0: reconsider. Sure. Because, like, you know, I know just like on the other end, people who are invested in your success. uh, You know, people who like push their stuff really. Like, I don't like promoting my own stuff. I don't like pushing it. You know, I I like. Bruh. Bruh,
1: I'm a music composer. Right. And I have social anxiety disorder. And I don't like talking to people. And the only way to get work as a composer is to talk to people. It's I understand. I don't like selling myself. Right. But I have to. I understand that to continue work. And I haven't. I, I've I've only done like corporate work this year. I haven't worked on a film this year. Um, usually I try to do a film, this, film a year. But because this year I was least I was the least into sending text messages like Hey, what's up? What you working
0: on? It sucks, right? Like, I hate it. I hate it. Like, mm. and then like I, I see some people who are oh, so like not into that. true. I, I worked on laserism. Oh, well, that's you know, if you get like cool, creative thing to do, you yeah. know, it's good too. But like the actual promotion to get the work and to like sell yourself like that, you know, it's uh, it's miserable. I think you know.
1: Yeah, but you know, as a director, it's hard, but you have to. If you, I mean, cause it, cause. You want? don't you want people to see what you
0: worked on? Uh, I want the right people to see what I've worked on. <laughs> I want to hear more about this. Explain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, explain that. Well, like, I don't know. Sometimes I, like, see people's reactions to movies and I'm like, like, why would I ever want to make a film for you? Like, you don't get it. You don't want to get it. You're so dismissive. Like, you know, I, I want people to seek my stuff out because they might actually appreciate it, or even if they don't like it they'll at least have a reason to not like it, you know I, I'm i getting so jaded by just like the um, the responses to films, even like you know, films that you see, so much work get put into, people can just shrug off like they're nothing, so it's like kind of discouraging to want to be a part of that, and like you said, you know you can take three people out in the street corner and make a film, and you know, it doesn't really cost you anything, and you can make it and show it to a handful of people who are going to appreciate it, and that's uh, that's okay. And if you know you're proud of it, you can show it to more people. Or if right. you're not proud of it, you can put it under a box because you know and um, stick it under right. your bed because it's it's yours. So you don't feel like I believe everybody should yeah. write poetry. I don't believe everybody should share their poetry. There we go. The, but I believe everybody
1: yeah. should. I think <laughs> I think people that write poetry on a like even like a. a bi-annually basis but i really think you should do it once a month it's just better for you mm-hmm. now now deciding whether you want to share it with other people is a completely different thing right and so yeah i'm not saying that we make a movie and we show it to people mm-hmm. but like some like sort of like this podcast is kind of two friends kibitzing about movies sure and then and then releasing it mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like i don't who would want to listen to this? And it turns out people do. People do. People yeah. like it. And I love that people like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. But, so, I want you to send that movie. Okay. And I just want to to to, to, to double back. We are talking about jealousy. I'm jealous of your shirt. You're wearing a shirt that says, Armand White was right. <laughs> which which is also funny because he is right still. Because he's, he's a he's a About some things. He's uh he's, on no, he's the a right. conservative yes yep. he's he's right uh, minded yeah <laughs> no he you know uh you know i i still want to see valerian and he had a very
0: good review of that i liked most of valerian i think that the two leads were miscast that was kind okay. of a big issue for me like yeah dude, do got a weird face he seems like way too I'm, i was shocked he was like older than me because i'm like what are you like like a teenager like no you <laughs> no, he's... yeah
1: he's got a weird face he Used the Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Right.
2: It, well, he was in that Chronicle. He was, uh, Ryan Gosling's son in uh, Place Beyond the Pines.
1: That's Dan true. Dehan. Yeah, he was yeah. Very good. He
2: was very good.
0: He's great in Chronicle. In, in, in um, he's a, he's a good actor, but he's he still looks in, like he's like in eighteen. You know, yeah. it, it's like hard to believe him as kind of like the, you know, the kind of like swaggering lead of this big sci-fi action right. epic that like normally would have like. I mean fifth element had Bruce Willis. Sure. You could picture like, you know, back in the day somebody like Harrison Ford in that role like it's a real yeah. like adventurer, he's trying to get the girl to marry him over the course of the film like it's it seemed like kind of a weird casting choice to me. Oh man, don't let me. I don't want to lose these tangents in my okay. head. So one. Yo,
1: did you did you see that that they're making a fucking um, remake of Death Wish with Eli Roth and Bruce Willis? Oh, and yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. That <laughs> might, that might work. Could, it could. I'm not. I'm not a
2: fan. I've been a little bit like things are too racially sensitive for me right now for that to even happen. (laughs) Until I get, I want, I want Idris Elba, snapping, or someone of his skin color. I want that to happen first before another angry white guy goes up. Like we had Falling Down. We had Death Wish before. Like we have. We have a remake of
1: Falling Down coming.
2: No, we did. Do we? Are you serious? That's what I heard. In Jesus Christ, and, and, man. And
1: the question is, is it economically viable?
2: Ha. Huh. We'll keep that one on low. Um, I don't... Yeah, I just think... You're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. My... Because... And that's my... And also, Eli Roth being, you know, a student of Tarantino, there's too many problems. I have too many problems with that. And I'm I, also annoyed at the cat. Vincent D'Onofrio, I watched the trailer. Vincent D'Onofrio's in that. It's like, why well, are you going to waste your time doing that? But I guess you got to pay the bills. Um... Yeah, I'm not, uh... Yeah. I understand.
1: And yeah. yeah. then on top no. of
0: it all, like, Bruce Willis, like, when was the last time he put in a good performance where it seemed like he was actually trying? The exactly. whole nine yards. Probably, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> sure. I really like that movie. He's funny in like that the movie. first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah whole yeah. Nine. Yeah. nine. I feel like... I can't even say the whole...
1: I can't even defend the whole
0: thing. Well, like, 80s Bruce Willis was, like, really kind of, like, high energy and quippy, you know, yeah. when you watch Moonlighting or the first Die Hard. And then, like, 90s Bruce Willis, he was, like, getting cooler and, like... Talking slower, and then like yeah. that coolness just like increased to the point where he like he looks dead now <laughs> when you yeah. watch him in movies. Um, he's like not even there.
1: So to double back on your thing about the Valerian miscasting. Mm-hmm. So in the very wonderful but but lost episode four, we talk about a movie that we both really like called Get Well Soon. Okay. With Vincent um, Gallo, Courtney Cox, and Courtney Cox. Have you seen it? No. It's it's I th- it's, it's excellent. But as I said on the episode, which we may or may not ever find, uh, is I recommended that to some people, and they were like, "Okay, I'm never listening to a recommendation." Jesus. Yeah, because they they were like, "This is so terrible." That's too
2: far. It's I, not. I, I oh know, my but God. but
1: I'm I'm missing the point. Um, so in in the movie, Vincent Gallo plays like a David Letterman. He plays like a popular late night talk show talk host, show yeah. host, and it's like sort of hard to believe that a guy like Vincent Gallo because he's not even Vincent, shaved it's Vincent like Vincent Gallo in, so now now there's now we might have like a talk show host that has a beard but they don't Like talk show hosts on the late night they, they're clean shaven yeah. if you look at David Letterman now he looks like a member of TV on the radio yeah. since, since he since he gave up the show um, so it's weird to think of like Vincent Gallo as a host but it works it works and because he has a big beard and and i feel like that sort of thing is like this guy being that's the connection i'm making right was like this guy being the superhero dude or like
0: vincent gallo somehow selling being like a conan o'brien some actors can do it like i kind of like when somebody takes a really unconventional acting or a casting choice and then like somehow it works like it shouldn't work but it does it's just there on screen but like Like it's like batman 89 Yeah, that's a really interesting example because, like, people... I think, like, you know, that's pre-internet outrage, but, like, fans were causing an uproar. Like, what do you mean? When Mr. Mr. Mom Mom was
1: was casted as Batman, people lost their stuff.
2: I was seven, mind you. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: I remember at summer camp, New Country Day Camp, everyone was upset. And then the movie came out and no one was upset.
2: No. And how about on the flip side, when people were too... People, I remember from being... I guess I was just a year older than, than you How People, how they thought it was so cool... And he did a fine job, but, oh, Jack Nicholson's the Joker, but the older you get, it's like, that's not the Joker, that's just Jack Nicholson, like, being Jack Nicholson with face paint, and people are now more critical of Jack Nicholson, who they blindly just supported at being the Joker, and on the flip side, now it's like, Michael Keaton was one of the best Batmans, and he's the same people who you, you know... I mean, there
0: was no comparison point for the Joker before, so, like... Well there's I mean, Caesar Romero, I mean, Cesar Romero yeah. and then like, you know, in like, the like, comics he's just hey yeah. hey and I have to say to I think
1: comics, the up. comics has like seven <coughs> different
2: ways they write that's Joker.
1: That's um, when Joker's written closest to Heath Ledger's Joker, mm-hmm. that's the best Joker. Mm-hmm. That's like in in D&D there is chaotic evil, mm-hmm. which is the hardest role to play in D&D because oh you know my reference? A little. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's different
0: there's different I think it's like lawful good Lawful good
1: uh, Lawful good is like neutral. someone who just follows the law and the follows the good law okay. and then there's neutral which is sort of like someone like nature is neutral it's neither good nor bad if right. it was. Yeah. so the hardest characters to play are chaotic evil and chaotic neutral chaotic neutral is snake Pliskin, through and through someone who's just you know focused on his own thing and will do good and bad things to get his stuff and chaotic evil when written like when written well that's the joker just like psychopathic, terrible person. And Jack
0: Nicholson's Joker, when written
1: as a comic book,
0: isn't as good. Well, I mean, that's sort of what I mean. Like, Because now that there's the Heath Ledger's Joker, and now that there's even a Jared Leto Joker, people can look back on oh, the Nicholson God. performance yeah. and compare it and see, see where that. it fits into all of that and we're you know, they now they can rank them, it becomes yeah. a little bit different than when there was just Cesar Romero and Jack Nicholson.
2: And and I think what threw me and, and I know other people off too is yep. when Jack Nicholson in that eighty nine Batman makes his first full on Joker appearance, he's doing traditional Joker esque stuff, like when he's shooting behind the back and being silly you know, and then that I, remember, I was like, oh, let's do it, and then for us the, the movie he's like, so I'm the Joker. Like after that, that was a really bad impression. I, I, I don't <laughs> no, know. that was actually pretty good. That um, was pretty that good. actually pretty good. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was just Jack Nicholson in the weird face paint. Not, that, and he was still great. Here's but it's Joker. Just, I know. Here's Joker. Yeah, kissing,
1: kissing. It's what I've been missing. Oh no! Come on. <laughs> All right.
2: Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> to check out the Shining movie um, <laughs> series. It's great. <laughs> You're killing me. Oh, my god.
1: It's
0: too much. This is too much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right. Oh my god. Can I bring up some? This is random. Now that, that that just came up, I've always wanted to have this conversation. Baby, the magic happens in the random chaos. Does anyone find it interesting how Scatman Carruthers was the original? Oh, what's that? What's his character's name in The Shining? Do you oh, find it Halloran. interesting that you're uh, into Halloran. wrestling? Yep. Yes. No. Hell, you should. That's shouldn't. a good rhyme. Yes, it is. Ha- oh, Halloran, Yes, Scatman Carruthers, who—it's no mystery—he got so much flack from the black community over the years for being—he was—he was that guy. Like he was, he was the docile Melvin guy. Peemots. And then, sweet, sweetback is O'Holloran in in the in the remake. Like two polar opposites. And to be quite honest, Scatman Carruthers, by name. Scott McAruthers was a person who Melvin Peoples criticized heavily over the years. I just find that very, very strange. And to be honest, he ended up being the same. Like, Stephen King has a thing with magical, savior-esque black people. He does. And and, and it's funny how all of that, you know, um, stuff, you know, that Melvin Peoples was against, he ended up playing that role. And that's actually not the only time he's played that 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 prototype. Just he's played to, like, like to play it a bit differently. Like even just the ways <laughs> he didn't die actually. Well, so in, in the cool. book he doesn't die. He actually comes yeah, to the yeah,
0: rescue. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of the the Kubrick change was like if you read the book, you were expecting him to come and rescue yeah. uh, Wendy and Danny at the end, and then it's this like big shock that uh, Jack Nicholson kills him, and then yeah. you feel like well, like maybe you really can kill the yeah. uh, Wendy and Danny characters. Um, you know, so the, I don't know. Stephen King black people it's it's uh, it's weird sometimes it's very maybe. weird like even like the his dialogue
2: even yeah, the green mile I, I always find yeah, it like
0: yeah. i get like people that's such a beloved
2: story and then when i just break it down people i think every time i break down that my issue with, with, with the green mile people get so mad cuz there's like shit i can't i don't have a comeback for this. it's like you have this person has all these magical powers to help these people who eventually are going to kill him but he can't just like I'm going to break no fuck you guys I'll just break these chains break the bars <laughs> no, and I'm just, just going to walk right out he's up. just going to die that, for that would be great yeah, yeah, gonna, like the yeah, like uh, uh, yeah. one floor with <laughs> the cuckoo's nest where he yes. just like breaks out and runs yeah. off that
0: would be yeah, great exactly but no that's not the kind of that? it has to be like well like going um, on the whole thing of like uh, like these black characters who have to like prove that they're so good and so amazing and die sacrificing themselves just to be like equals with the white yes. characters where it's like oh yes yeah, like you were you know like yeah and, like the way
1: to that somehow to have a life that's worthy of someone else's is that you're a healer when really just living
2: yeah give me a second i'm having a coughing fit that Ooh. um that, that the, the whole <laughs> and, and it's a pro, it's a term that it, it, it's a term called magical negro Right. um and it's funny because that Am magic... Am I allowed to yeah. say that
1: contextually?
2: Yes, I've, yes, yes, yes. I just want to know. The Magical Negro thing got... I was, we, oh, I was talking Ooh, to you I about the uh, Beggar Vance. Yeah, the Legend yeah. of Beggar Vance. Top-notch Magical Negro uh, movie, which clearly... It's something that, like, Morgan Freeman was busy doing another one of those movies, so they got Will Smith to do it. And <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> Shots fired. I mean, hey, Scud, ma- Scud Bazooka's <laughs> fired. Um, and Spike Lee, who was one to not hold his tongue ever, he got, met, he was like, you know, and he made a good point. He was like, a movie that's filmed that takes place in a time when black people are being lynched. Why are you using your magical powers to teach Matt Damon to play golf? And it's like, Jesus, that's so true. So then in the late, uh, about a year after that, when uh, the Muhammad Ali movie was being, you know, uh, was 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 form was formulating? Uh, Spike Lee was like the first name that kind of came to mind, and then when that came to Will Smith, who let's be real, in, in in the studio system, Will Smith has more pull than 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 a Spike Lee. They wanted Will Smith to be Muhammad Ali, and he's like, I'm not working with Spike Lee because he dissed my shitty movie. And then you know, <laughs> we did get a good. I mean, I, this is controversial to some people, but we ended up getting a good Muhammad Ali bi- biopic because the Michael Mann Muhammad Ali is, is really good. But yeah, uh, it's a good film. It's a really good film. Well, going back I, to like actually,
0: Morgan Freeman and Stephen King, like it's kind of funny that like one of his most famous roles in the Shawshank Redemption like that character when you read the story it was like written as a white character oh, oh. like uh, in the book <coughs> when he says like
1: he's called red because he's Irish yeah
0: and then the film it turns it into a joke which yeah. is good actually I never knew that I never yeah. had I never read okay I didn't know that you know which is part of the reason why that character doesn't feel like a Stephen King caricature <laughs> yeah <you know? laughs> sure. and then so then like people who were going on about, like, oh, like, uh, the Dark Tower when it was coming out, like, uh, it's, like, horrible they're changing the, the character to be black, because he's written to look like Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, well, you know, they changed the character in Shawshank Redemption, and, like, nobody makes a sure. fuss about that, you know. Jackie Brown movie, Jackie movie, Brown was white, you yep. know? Yeah.
1: The movie is better because Morgan Freeman was red. If it was, like, like a Robert Redford or something, it
0: wouldn't have been a good as good a movie. Yeah.
1: Come on. yeah I guess that's still one of my favorite Stephen King movies
0: there's a really good essay talking about how it's it functions like a feminist film for men in in a way because it's like all about how this guy even though he didn't kill his wife sort of uh, neglected her and never understood her and it's like by him being put into prison and him being like in this relationship with men and being like abused and then like all the imagery of him going through the tunnel and being reborn like they had this like big thesis worked out about how it's like a feminist movie with no women in it but wow. I, I don't know if you it guys seems would more, <laughs> agree with that.
1: that that argument seems less feminist and more just
0: like empathetic? Or? no,
1: but not quite empathetic there's like often in films and TV shows um, the male gaze is used to see the suffering of other women and and that I mean most particularly in um, Game of Thrones two seasons ago I've seen up to season four so okay. I don't know if well I'm... there was a there was a episode where a main actress was sexually assaulted and you saw the horror through the eyes of a male character
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it was just like oh, I'm not into that it's uh, have you seen uh, Catherine Bigelow's film Strange Days yeah like one thing that I always thought was like really That's interesting was how it kind of subverted that was um, a great film, I think. And But like the scene where he's watching the uh, the feed of the woman being sexually assaulted and it's being recorded. And then he puts the, the um, I guess if I, I say the actor's name, it'll be spoiling it. But like he puts it on her head. So she's receiving the feed of what he's doing to her and then Ray finds is playing that back so it's like filtered through all these different perspectives and layers and like I, I thought it was just interesting the way Catherine Bigelow kind of subverted that yeah. idea of the gays and, mm-hmm. and sexual assault but, or like, you know, which is just uh, another
2: reason why I want Catherine Bigelow to leave behind this whole military yeah, thing and go back to go just back
1: to the like genre her, filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. also her, her random you ever, yeah. you ever heard that funny joke like oh what do you think about the male gays what about them they're men the gays. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a joke. <laughs>
0: and Catherine Bigelow, like, I did like you? the Hurt Locker a lot, but, yeah. like, it seems like because also, that was then so... she did
1: Zero Dark Thirty, then, well, you know, well, which is only I, I for I think, the like, last, because like, it got minutes.
0: so lauded, Hurt Locker, like, Hurt Locker could have felt like, you know, sort of a one-off in, right. like, oh, this is her doing her kind of war thing, but, like, I think because that got all the acclaim and, it, you know, made a lot of money, she's kind of gone back to that, and, like, I I don't think she's... Uh, necessarily that great of a political filmmaker. Like I don't even really see The Hurt Locker as that much of a political film. Like to me, it's more of a character study. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I I don't know if I'm the, having the right didn't reading on it, but like for I'm me, it's, get uh, you sucker. did she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. But <laughs> I wouldn't know that. I need to. Keep but like Hurt Locker, it's almost like, like a, it's almost like a more serious remake of Point Break, where it's about this guy who's like I becoming addicted the to Point Break. Well, is the real remake of Point Break, I because it's, that's like... I really wow. weird. <laughs> so talk, well, okay, uh, well, like, it's about this guy who's, like, becoming addicted to adrenaline because he has, like, suppressed uh, homosexual feelings, I think. Like, that's the Logger to me, you know, and... You're blowing my mind, Mario. <laughs> really, like, if you watch that film, like, you know, you look at the scene where he wrestles with Anthony Mackie, and, like, they get a little bit too close. I can never rewatch this movie. I or, can... you know, the whole thing about, wow. like, his... Um, he's st- still living with his wife even though they've had a divorce it's really strange and like mm. oh start... and she directed Point Break and she directed exactly so like I think it's Catherine Bigelow kind of like you know remaking Point Break in this like uh, war kind of setting so like you know to me it's like her doing what she'd always done but then people are, like oh it's this great kind of political film and I think like she I don't know if it's her buying into her own hype or what but like it's like she kept kind of following that but yeah to me like Hurt Locker, law... if you watch that film and just if you say it in the back of your head, like the thing that this character is suppressing, the reason why he is the way he's, is because he's like really deeply closeted. Then the movie just turns into something completely different, and it fits so much better in with her previous films.
1: I'll give it a rewatch. I've been. I did some rewatches this weekend. Um, I rewatched uh, the Goon. Okay, Canadian film. Canadian film. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the sequel yet, but I've, so I've seen the sequel. Canadian. I've seen the sequel. I liked the sequel but then I rewatched the original
0: and I like it a little less cuz mm-hmm. the original has got so much heart. That's uh, there was another big Canadian sequel that just came out to uh, Bon Cop Bad Cop. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it but it was like an Ontario cop teaming up with a Quebec Qua cop. So it's kind of ah. playing on like the uh, Anglophone Francophone cultural differences which like that was a really great film and that had a lot of heart too and I don't know how the remake is or not a remake a sequel I mean but um, I Go saw I saw yoga hosers? Yogos. Hosers? Oh, what did you think of that? <laughs> I, I saw yoga. hosers. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um,
3: I don't. It like, was better than
2: Tusk. Okay. Um, was it? I yes. kind of like Tusk. I was I, listening to Kevin Smith recently on Hannibal's uh, I, podcast. You feel like Kevin was, Smith was uh, great on Hannibal? Yeah, podcast. he was. He, he very much. Yeah, he was. You got me hooked on that. Uh, yes, that's podcast. that's my favorite podcast. It is in zebras <laughs> in
1: America sure. or Flexwise Toronto. I sure. used to
0: listen to when you're on it. The, <laughs> the, the Kevin Smith podcast so much the Smodcast yeah and then like it sort of felt like I don't know he, he was like getting sort of repetitive and getting into a haze and then like all the ads and like it just sort of like lost interest but I don't know if he's gotten I listen to, to Fat it, Man on Batman
1: it. from time to time
0: see I was just getting ready to say there's too much like yeah. the, the whole and I, I respect
2: podcast like networks Bernardin, but there's like just... who's,
1: who's the who's the co-host of of um Fat Man on Batman mm-hmm. so there's like a good filter Um, And I don't listen to every episode. Like, I don't listen to every Mm -hmm. episode of most podcasts. I I won't. Because I just can't. Because then I I wouldn't have any time. I want to say a couple things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you listened to one of our episodes... But you know that Catherine Bigelow was slated to make New Rose Hotel.
0: Yeah, I learned that from listening to your podcast. Makes, see, my yeah. life is complete. Which, like, that's really interesting. Podcast over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can see that, and that seems like such a good follow-up to yeah. Strange
2: Days, too.
1: Honestly. No, she did it instead. She In Sa- did Strange Days Oh, right, 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 right. because, of- yeah, right, yeah, right, right. like, those but are it, so similar. Like,
2: I guess more, yeah. like, whether before or after, they just worked together by yeah. the same, same filmmaker. She knew yeah. that
1: she wanted to make a cyberpunk film. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I've put a couple people onto New Rose Hotel awesome. and they're like, This movie's great. Awesome. Yeah. I'm like, I know. Because there's no real apologist for that film from when it came out. No.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, except me. Ex- well it- Pinland Empire. <laughs> I wrote I wrote it great lengths about that years ago. In nineteen ninety eight? No, 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 I'm just saying well, in two thousand eleven. When, it, when yeah. it came out. Oh, sure, sure sure. There's
1: a couple people who apologize who, who, meant, who ride for several. it. Yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah. there are people who ride for it, but there's not many.
0: I think that's also due to the fact that like it's not on streaming anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Used to be definitely. on Netflix for a while.
0: Yeah. It's probably how I found it. I, I think like, like I'm pretty recent to come to it. And mm-hmm. A couple of Fable for Hour films that like I just had never heard of them until like oh. There was about a there was like a, <laughs> yeah, there, was him. a
2: there was a long period where he was always working but just doing films yep. in Europe and getting random like shady di- distributors. Like and what sucks is good stuff too. So like a movie like uh, um, Gogo Tales, which was filmed I think somewhere. Oh, it was filmed in Rome. It was filmed in Rome. But it was like a most it was it was an English speaking movie and he kind of the majority of it takes place in a strip club, but when they they step outside so it really looks like America, but it was made in Rome and just like with Mary, parts of Mary were made in America, but that would yeah. like God, what a Forrest Whitaker his last amazing performance. I've been meaning to see Matthew that. Matthew Modine, Juliet it's it's a great movie. And a lot of it has to do with Forrest Whitaker. Also only I liked the him, last I liked third him of him Forrest in, in Whitaker. In the Mass movie.
1: Appeal Star in the in the Mass Effect Star Wars movie.
0: Oh, I never I I didn't see it. I well, didn't see um it, like Ferrari, I'd like, his it. Pasolini film, has that gotten distribution? No. No, like, that felt like that came out forever ago now. Toronto and...
2: 2014 is yeah, when I saw yeah. it, and I have yet to get any kind of real release. Although Welcome to New York did okay, but there was some controversy surrounding that, but yeah, yeah. that was still a good movie. Also, like, pe- like, people
1: don't even, like, even, like, people don't even give funeral enough credit.
2: No, they don't. And, and that's it, a good-ass movie. And I'm also someone I always say the older I get, I'm not into big ensemble casts, but that is going to be an exception. That is absolutely an exception. You like shortcuts. You, you, you have like enough.
1: Nashville. You like a lot of ensemble movies. But that's movies.
2: that's I I can't Nashville okay. I don't think I've, I've been on record saying that. But regardless, those are older. If I'm talking about like just these, and let me say something too. Also about that. So those seen, movies you haven't seen Person to Person yet. No. Well, Person to Person is an ensemble film. I and loved l- it. But let me just say something about Shortcuts, Nashville so Those movies are long. Whereas like right. The kind of movies I don't like—a hundred-minute ensemble movie—it kind of bugs me. It's like it's not enough to gra- like with shortcuts. Everyone gets the same amount of time. There's not enough three-hour movies anymore. No, really. there's not. I like again. I mean, we, Shortcuts—it's
0: t- like basically a bunch of like shorter movies. Exactly. with Their own characters, their yeah. own arcs yeah. that are just played like interconnected with one another. You know, it's not like a single narrative <coughs> that has like five main characters. And yeah.
2: Nashville yeah. is the kind of movie that you expect, like it ha- that has to be an ensemble. You know, going into it. Whereas like Grand Budapest Hotel, it's like. Featuring Bill Murray for two minutes, Jason Swartzman for five minutes, Jude Law for two. It's just kind of like, well, it's just like, it's it's like showing off when it's not necessary. Like, oh look, it's so and so. Like that shouldn't be the case. It should be like, oh, yeah. it's a character he's playing. Like, it's, it's like,
1: just, you know, it's like sometimes when I'm playing someone, I'm not going to say their name in Scrabble, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty good at Scrabble, mm-hmm. and I've just gone a seven-letter word, and I'm like seventy points ahead. We should play Scrabble sometime. You want words yeah. with friends?
2: No. Ah, okay. It gives
1: me panic attacks.
2: It kind of does sometimes, too, because I get, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm at work, I'm not going to, but then I get nudged, and I'm like, all right, I'm like, yeah, i got my it, phone. It, it becomes right. too, it becomes too right. manageable for me, that's why. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're you're right.
1: right. Um, But, yeah. and I just want, you can't, the listeners can't see this, but I want you to know, Marcus, we had no, not Marcus, uh, Martin, we had no idea that we were both wearing Detroit Tigers hats
0: today. No, yeah. I thought it was planned. It was not. <laughs> no. um,
1: we just really like uh, Detroit rap music, and uh, I love Magnum P.I.,
0: I think if they ever remake, or if they do like a Magnum P.I. movie, they should get Idris Elba. That would be my... Pick. Sure. I, I, kinda Idris Elba's kind of to turn though. I think he does, with the mustache, yeah. and like, like that's who I would get. I think get. That's, a, that's, a great,
1: that's a great
2: fit. <coughs> the only reason I'm agreeing with you, it's I, I don't Tom care Selleck either way. Is the head of the NRA? No, it's, be, well, it, it, it's in the same realm of just like, I don't care... But then I know that that would annoy certain people, so it's like, no, right. you know what? I want yourself No, <laughs> I just because that annoys I, you, just I like can, with James Bond. Sure, I just want it fun. You know well, yeah,
0: yourself know kind of turned into the guy where they're like, oh, you should like be the star of like any remake of any major yeah. like '80s thing. But like, I'm okay with that. Magnum PI I would like totally go and see good. that. <laughs> like, I do want to. If I could like, go, if I could
1: go, Tom yeah. Selleck for a second. Um, Three Men and a Little Lady is a subversive film.
0: Compared Why? to the first film Or just oh, in general Oh so yeah it's
1: better than It's better than Three Men and a Baby I like Three Men and a Baby I mean Three Men and a Little Lady Leonard Nimoy it, directing It's good That's true it's good. Um, I love Leonard Nimoy Yep Rest in peace I recently rewatched Search for Spock
2: I love it mm-hmm. I love um, He's a great villain In the Body Snatchers remake Yeah he's, he's also he's A great well, villain I love on, uh, um,
0: uh, Shit the, the Body Snatchers French. remake He's like a Like a twist on the Spock character Where yeah. he's kind of like Calm down, calm down. Stop being so rational. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and I like that he's even got that like hand brace or something like that. Like it's just like that character's got a lot of flavor and personality. Yeah. I think he was double, like, a really great Double actor.
1: dumbass on you.
0: <laughs> that, that's um, a great that's my favorite Star Trek movie, The Voyage Home. It's double dumbass it's it's,
1: it's like when I'm being realistic, it's my favorite Star mm-hmm. Trek movie. But when I'm being my heart, it's uh, first contact.
0: First contact a lot of fun. It's really enjoyable. I like the first, the very first Star Trek movie, the motion picture. Like every a lot. Star
1: Trek movie, except for the last uh, one.
0: Uh, like the last, uh, the, 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 the real ones, ones or, one. or like the the, the remake ones. one okay.
1: was the last. Yeah, was that one. Was like I wanted the, to like that. I wanted to. But. I mean,
0: I didn't like Into Darkness.
1: Uh, oh yeah, that one. I like half of Into Darkness. And, and, like, like Insurrection isn't particularly great. No,
0: the last couple, like, next-gen movies, I always thought, like, the next-gen in when, cast... Bane,
1: when Bane played Patrick Stewart. Oh, Stewart's young Patrick clone. Stewart, I know. Yeah. That, and,
0: like, now he doesn't even look the same at all. Yeah. Like, he changed so much physically. But, like, I always thought that, that, like, next-gen crew, they were, like, really crying out for, like, a real hard sci-fi concept movie about, like, the intricacies of, like, warping space... Or, like, some complex yeah, idea. And they instead, went, they, they went, got, went, like, a lot of action movies. Because well,
1: they went with two take... One take Drake. One take Frake. Jonathan Frakes. Is he from Canada?
0: I don't know if he's from Canada.
1: I, I haven't they heard... They call him one-take
0: Frakes because he would do one take. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's probably coming... Because he's... You know, Scott started doing TV Episodes, direction. Yeah. Because, like, you act on the show and he's like, oh, can I direct? And, like, you know, that's that's what you do on TV. It's, like, one take or two takes. Yeah, it's, but, you're, uh, you're like a traffic policeman. I think uh, Jonathan Frakes should play... Orson Welles in a movie because he's actor director. He looks also like kind of looks like Orson Welles. He looks like you, you look at him. He mind. looks this like is young the Orson time Welles. You blow my mind. To them, though. <laughs> you know, and now he that he's getting sh- a little bit older, like you know, you could like chubby him up a bit, and he'd look like Orson Welles. Yeah. You know, and like F-Fake to show the. Is one of my favorite uh, I love It For Fake*. My favorite Orson Welles movie is *The Trial*, which it, interesting. Like you don't hear as much. I don't necessarily say it's the best, For but like me it's, it's my favorite. that's my favorite he's got a really interesting career like I know people always hold him up as like the greatest filmmaker but it's fun to actually like dive in and get into like the intricacies Tarkovsky's of his movies the and really film. filmmaker I think I like Tarkovsky concert. a lot Um... I like Kursama a lot. There's a couple like you I'm know sort of. I'm not mad at that. No, no. I mean there there's the couple like it's hard to say like who's the greatest. Like some days for me it's Milos Forman, some days it's I'm somebody mad, else. You I'm not mad at that either. No, there's a great Milos Forman
2: segment in a very very unseen able for our movie Chelsea Hotel. Because uh, oh, after Milos Forman got popular, he did Hair, came to America, he stayed right. at the Chelsea Hotel. I, and I Then they reunited. Either. The guy who owns the Chelsea Hotel is reunited with Milos Forman. He tells this great story about how. He liked to sleep naked, and there was a fire in the hotel, and he didn't have enough time, so he just put a shirt on and nothing else, and had to run outside. Bill <laughs> Sperry was just in a shirt and Winnie, nothing Winnie else. Winnie the Pooh style. Straight up Winnie the Pooh style. Yeah, that's how you got to go sometimes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, I, I I relate very much to when I think when I get to my Taoist principles, I'm very much like thinking of Pooh and Piglet and Eeyore. Sure. That's my that's my trifecta right
2: there. I'm trying not to be ER a lot these days, but it's very difficult. ER is my tertiary at
1: this point, mm. where where I used to be I used to be like a, a
2: Raphael, Michelangelo, and I'm hoping these days I'm a Raphael, Michelangelo. Eeyore. That's too much to handle. Teenage, yeah. No, because like you're a party dude, but you're also like a rebel. Like yeah. that's too much. Now now I'm I'm now a Donatello Leonardo. Now boy, I'm honestly, a Ra- really That's true. Really that's true. Am. You are. I really <laughs> am. you are. You <laughs> are. I wouldn't <laughs> say that about myself.
1: You might be a Donatello Raphael. I don't think so. You're kind of a crude dude.
2: <laughs> I'm more of Give a
1: grape but you're, you're. okay.
2: No.
1: <laughs> um no, now I think now I think I'm a I'm like a I'm a I'm a Raphael Leonardo now.
2: That's a hard, that's like inner. that's like that's like if you're a Gemini, if you're signed because that's those well, are the two because they were always like the two found, at each other's throats. I just found
1: out that my mood is in Gem, in Gemini. Really? Yeah. Okay. I my someone read my my, read my chart yesterday. Oh wow! And it it was it was pretty. I it was I I learned a lot of things I knew already. Nice. Um, I just want to say, one, I want to drive home. Three men and a little lady. Oh sure. Is a film about um, alternative child raising. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's done really well and it's done really thoughtful Mm -hmm. and it's funny and they were going to make a sequel like two years ago but uh,
0: they... three men and a little woman yeah or a young lady I think yeah no they were gonna, they... I'm messing that up but it's something yeah. like that They were like would... 30
2: at this point that would be like a, I,
1: a yeah. woman. Well, it was supposed to be her getting married yeah, right? oh, yeah. they were going to yeah. marry her off mm-hmm. and you know because they also tried to do that to show My Two Dads yes that not as good this one oh, this I one like was my good My Two Dads I don't remember You know what I though? really
2: do I only remember liking it I have not watched it too recently so let me not you know. many oh, <laughs> large too many starring Lars von oh wow <laughs> yes <laughs> that's
1: so good it's so good oh. oh there are things I wanted to say I think this world could really use a One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest remake if it was done by the right people mm. who would the right people be I don't know I have to think about it but I just think especially like with how we' how we don't acknowledge mental health a lot of times, I think we could really use something like that. And unfortunately, young kids don't see old movies. It'd be easier to get the point across by remaking it.
0: Just that that hurts honest. to hear. That's... I'm sorry. I'm not trying
1: to hurt. You. <laughs> no, no.
2: It's the world it's is not a hurtful you, place, it's...
1: and I'm telling you something that's true.
2: <laughs> we just had who was that MMA guy who recently tweeted out? You know, depression isn't real. It's just people being lazy. Yo, I don't, like... I don't, I don't, I don't,
1: I don't even talk about that. I don't and even then acknowledge it. To sort get of thing.
2: like it got how many retweets? Which to me, that kind of a thing is an endorsement. Yes. A quoted retweet and then saying, fuck you, that's different. But just a straight, yeah, this guy's right, that's, you know. Yeah, but yeah. also... But I'm also, just saying, I think that's why... Also, my movies, my, you know.
1: my three years of being depressed would like to have a talk with you
2: That's about what I'm that. saying, yeah. You know. I um, got, I, I, not that I matter, but I, I tweeted back something really... Me- I, it was one of those things, God, that was mean. I don't regret it, but I was just like, you know... I hope you get I hope you get CTE and then some. I said some other mean that's,
1: things. That's 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 rough. What, what's the but then you know it's also rough. People who commit suicide. I've, I don't want to talk about okay. those okay. things that I've said in real life. Okay. I mean, oh, I've said I'm, worse things than. Oh my God. I, I, I actually have a very dark side okay. that is very cutting and uh, very true to my Scorpio son and um, me. My son being in Scorpio. I don't have a child yet, as far as I know. Um. So I I, I, I would rather not repeat the mean things. Yeah, I yeah. Okay, but also I have no problem. I don't. I don't
2: want. I'm. I don't. Because that's not what I want to be remembered for. I, it's just like CTE brings on depression, so it's like. That's let's, In your sport, Mister MMA, I want you to get it, and then that you know, dude's then also a Trump
1: supporter and not very bright.
2: <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he probably has CTE. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> not necessary. I'm not sorry. I'm not, I take that back. I'm not sorry. You're
1: not. Speaking of MMA, bro, you have me see Haywire.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That was a nice yeah. movie, dude. Yes, it was. It was an awesome movie.
1: Dude, that was yeah. a good movie from beginning to end. And it kind That's of breaks I...
2: my rule of, like, it is, it's a straight-up ensemble cast, but well,
1: it's, it's more cameos. No, it's not. It's, it's about more... her.
0: That's what I'm saying. It's more extended cameos than, like, you know. I was wondering, too, like, if... Part of it was that like they might not have been super confident in her acting ability, so they tried to beef up the supporting cast so like she would rise oh, to match their point. level. Like it seemed a little. But bit that's like why that. It I like, like that. It I like. Nice. Yeah, I'm fun, big yeah. about. I'm big was... on films.
2: I like you know what? I'm making an I like ensemble cast when the star is not a big name. I dig that.
1: Right, because they were helping her because she she held her own. But what I liked about it because it was Soderbergh was that it was a very lyrical, like calm. It was like, all, he was doing it like an indie movie. Yes. He was doing it like
0: an artistic film, but it was an action <coughs> film through and through. I mean, that was like his last couple films before his, his little yeah, break to do the match, Nick. Yeah. It was like uh, like Side Effects was very, like, thriller, effects, but Contagion. like indie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, kind I, side of Effects yeah. I saw in the theater, Contagion yeah. I saw in the theater. Those were good. I mean, I think Soderbergh's a good dude. I think, he, I think he's directed... He's a great dude. I think he's directed... If you're not following
2: him on Twitter, you're, you're missing out, too. I
1: think he's directed some great movies. I think, um his support of Charles Burnett has been amazing his support of just like uh, black
2: directors in yeah. general Bill Duke uh, yeah. um, Wendell B. Harris has a great cameo in Out of Sight as the, detect- as the detective that has to work with who he gives it and like not just oh hey it's Wendell B. Harris he actually acts really yeah. good in, in, in a great scene with Jennifer Lopez um, so,
1: no Soderbug does this thing and I just yeah. really like that movie because it was just a, it was an hour and a half of fun
2: yeah Yes. And, just... there's a great editing moment in Haywire 2 that brings me back to that part there was that my favorite Soderbergh is 98 through 2002 so basically so the out of sight slash the limey up to the Solaris remake is my favorite Soderbergh mm-hmm. and there's this he got real playful with the editing and there's a scene at the end of Haywire after uh, you know Channing Tatum gets killed and then I, I forget who tries to like console her But uh, she gets She's like She steps away She's like Don't touch me And she has a quick flashback To when they had sex For the first time And it's like You know I just like that moment Even I remember questioning It's like They just hooked up once Why is she so like Hurt by him being murdered But I don't know We don't know That that they hooked up More than once Yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Also um, Michael Fassbender Was amazing in that movie Yeah
2: He's often amazing Yeah I don't know
1: I I recently watched uh, I was six So I watched um,
0: Assassin's Creed Mm.
1: That wasn't amazing
0: I heard yeah. that wasn't amazing. I heard people who were, like, really into the game said, like, how, how let down he was. You know, it's... Yeah, I like the game. Yeah. And I like the idea. I like... I like the idea of ancestral memory. It's interesting sci-fi kind of a concept, but, right. like, I don't know. Like, it seems like something that's hard to translate because, like, that game, it seems so much about its environments and exploring right. it, and, like, that stuff's really hard to do in film. Like, I was talking a little bit... I did a podcast a while ago in science fiction movies how, like some video games have more in common with like art house type movies than blockbusters because like like stalker to me plays a lot like a video game where it's like oh there's the objective you have to like go careful through this environment you're very aware of the geography but like maybe it plays tricks on you like that's very video gamey you know you have to like go through the tunnel to get to this thing like it's also the best movie ever made it's not my favorite Tarkovsky film but it's, it's up there here's the thing
1: Aquemini is the greatest rap album of all time it's not my favorite Outkast album that's interesting That's.
0: I just I just I, want to put I, it out you, there you would put it above Andre Rublev? yes you would put it above uh, Sacrifice or Nostalgia I haven't seen Sacrifice oh you gotta see oh.
3: Sacrifice I'm slowly I'm slowly I, I, it's, it's
2: the mirror it's like yeah. not even a question or debate it's the
1: mirror oh I just me. saw <laughs> Mirror
2: yeah um, the thing is
3: I, I think you could It's on t- Film Struggle
2: like, All of his movies are on Film yeah. now
1: there's Almost any a Tarkovsky like, film could be <laughs> There's a handful of yeah. scenes
2: in the mirror that really just overwhelm me like in a good and bad with just like oh was, this is too much I was but telling, it's a good thing. I was
1: telling him to me that I, I felt like I felt stupid because it was the first time seeing one of his movies where I had to pause and actually look at like a a, a description of the storytelling because I was a little confused
0: because mm. with the actress playing the oh, because she plays the mother and the yeah. The wife, so I was yeah. a
1: little confused, and then and then once I understood, I was like, oh,
0: this is very good. Have you seen My Friend Ivan Lapshin? No. Andrei Tarkovsky called that the greatest Russian film ever made. It's by Alexei German, who did *Hard to Be a God* recently. Um, okay. he, he died a couple of years ago, but like, there's Martin a good Kessler case giving that, me uh, homework <laughs> that you Alexei German could before. be.
1: I like your taste in movies. Oh, okay. I don't even think we've talked enough about it. you <laughs> do gotta at some point. Oh
0: yeah, we yeah to we'll wind dream. down. But yeah. uh, okay, where are we at? Ooh, uh, over an hour. We're over an hour, but
1: okay. Hmm.
0: If you'd like in, to, yeah.
1: so you you like what's the name of this movie again?
0: Uh, my friend Ivan Lapshin, But really, if you look up any Alexei German film, he only had five solo directing credits, but he also uh, co-directed a film early in his career, and he. Uh, wrote and produced another film I really like called The Fall of Altair, which is like this Kazakhstan film about a uh, fall of a civilization under Genghis Khan. Do you like the movie The Fall? Yeah, yeah, what I I, I really like uh, The Fall, and I like The Cell.
1: Yeah, Cell, yeah. Cell, Cell is a movie that got a lot of flack when it came out, but it's I love it. I
0: mean. <laughs> it's actually pretty dope. <laughs> you like you like movies that sometimes people don't like. Sometimes I mean, like I was thinking about this the other day, just talking like once in a while I see a film that like everybody hates and I go in hoping that like maybe everyone's wrong but I I hate it too like I can't help it or you know like the other way around like I don't know if I'm gonna like it everyone else you know says that like it's great I don't know if I believe that oh wait it's actually great like it is you know I I try not to be I try to be honest with my own tastes you know I I try not to like talk myself into not liking something just so I feel like more like an individual you know like I saw it not that long ago, and um, yeah. I was like, I don't know, like remake of it, and everyone's saying how great it is, but like I, I like I don't know. And then I saw, it, I'm like, oh, I really like this, yeah, you know. Cool. So like, it's there's nothing wrong it's with nothing wrong with just like, like enjoying stuff people yeah. like, or like, you know, sometimes I really do enjoy seeing like the Hollywood machine working the way it's supposed to, and it's like, you know, never mind the art or the tour like I just want to see like a well-made. Hollywood style film which even that's become a little bit rare I find but I like the the the
1: Tom Cruise um Groundhogs Day sci-fi movie
0: oh that uh, lived I repeat yeah Age Age of tomorrow, of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah that
1: that was that was um I well, thought that was uh, a pretty good Hollywood movie
0: Doug Lyman's pretty good I really like that the, the born movie he the first as one, Doug, one. Doug Liman yeah.
2: he started out kind of outside you know yeah. outside oh, right first the first, out right, uh, first, you know. first born is was tight mm-hmm
0: uh, that that's a fantastic film, that first one. Uh, I kind of like the Jeremy Renner, Renner one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I just found it like so kind of. Also, N- when are they I gonna know, make
1: Hansel like and Gretel, Gretel too, bro?
0: Oh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter, is pretty fun. I, I, I know, like that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I like all the effects. Like yeah. it was like it, you know I was thinking about this again watching it where like effects used to be like a big draw. Like you'd hear, oh, this movie's got great special effects, and you'd be like, wow, I want to see that. I, like I want to see the effects. The shining remake. well maybe maybe not Uh, but like it used to be like a big deal when a film (laughs) had like special effects and you'd be like wow like you know and then that kind of it feels like every movie's got like big special effects now or any movie can it's like less impressive so like watching it when like the Pennywise eyes are changing colour or he like untangles himself or you know, you get stabbed and the blood's trickling outwards. I'm like, wow, even like the effects like are good. Solaris, it's You're like, gorgeous. what? I know. What? <laughs> like, how like, did they even what? do some of that? I
1: don't, don't want to know. No. <laughs> you know, or like the early, like the Muppet movies. I heard that there's a movie coming out with, um, who directed Get Out?
2: Jordan Peele.
1: Jordan Peele is in a movie coming out that's fully puppets.
0: Oh, the... It, wow. it's like based on a Hansen script, right? About like a it's I like a know, film but noir I'm just with muppets,
1: or because like I miss movies like Dark Crystal and mm-hmm. you know, um, just like weird stuff, doing weird stuff with with things we make with our hands. It's dope. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's make stuff. Let's make things together. Let's make things on our own. Let's share it sometimes if yeah. we think it's good enough.
1: Let's uh, let's destroy capitalism and create a. Anarcho socialist agrarian society. Well, I'm not so sure about that, but I'll hit stop. <laughs>
3: Listen, uh, wife's going out tonight. I'm going to have the guys over. We're going to watch the fish on the big screen. I'm going to grill up some brats. I got a micro brew chilling in my wet bar, and uh, I was going to warm up some ziti. Why don't you come by if you got some uh, triple fried pizza dough or some kind of frozen oh. meatballs or whatever it is. You can warm it up in my microwave, or you can warm it up back at home. Bring it over pipe and hop. And if you want to bring over a vegetable medley, a crudite, uh, figure out how much lunch meat you can spare, maybe bring over a pound and a half, two pounds of Black Forest ham, maybe a Dijon mustard spread, yeah. and you kind of dessert, maybe a German chocolate cake, or something like that. I tell you what would make you a big hit with the dudes is get some key lime pie, a la mode. I'm talking about ice cream on the side. Right. And you, I've got to have a bite of my homemade ziti. I'm just going to warm her up. She's been in the freeze.
0: Uh, Thanks for the invite, but- You
3: know what I love her, those hot mozzarella sticks. Cube them up, put them in some marinara sauce. You have them on standby. Of course, you can't go wrong with some sour cream and onions so long as you bring ridged chips.
1: Yeah.